0: follow him podcast this podcast is created by the Boise Nampa Institute of Religion for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints here we hope to help young adults find relevant principles each week as they study the assigned come follow me scripture block as outlined by the church this episode is simply two Institute teachers talking about what they see in the scriptures that might be relevant to your life it is not intended to speak for the church or to definitively define doctrines or policies any opinions shared here are just that our opinions as we have learned to come follow Him. I'm your host, Matt Swenson. Let's jump in. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> it's good to have you. <laughs> I'm here with a good friend of mine, Brother uh, Curtis Conde. Uh, we were just talking before I hit record about how I always say the exact same phrase, and I've even brought it up, I think, in the podcast before. Brother Condi, welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. I,
1: I thought that you had recorded it. You always sound so good.
0: <laughs> no, it's always the same thing. Now, I, I uh, am excited to be here with you today. Um, Me too. Uh, Brother Condi is a good friend of mine. He's been in my ward for, I don't know, how long have you been in the ward? Ten years this round. Yeah. But I was in this ward. What, raised, I was raised, in raised in the raised ward. Raised here, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good friend of mine in the ward, and I've been trying to push him to be yeah. a Seminary Institute guy for years That's and years and and finally took the bait and uh, <laughs> uh, Is currently doing the uh, teaching seminary classes and student teaching uh, yes. here in the valley and and uh, We're excited to have you. Will you uh, first introduce yourself a little bit Curtis Condy? tell us about your family You
1: know wh- what should we know? Oh, thank you, man I'm, I'm grateful uh, for this chance. Um, I have a beautiful wife. She's yeah. incredible Lisa. She's yeah. she and I've been married for almost 18 years cool. this August And uh, six incredible children, and um, oldest is 15. Goes to Centennial. The Mm -hmm. youngest is seven, Uh, and uh, we just are so grateful to be back in our home ward. We've loved being in this ward and uh, feel the love that uh, you and and everybody provides. It's it's wonderful.
0: Well, one of your kids said to me one time. I I asked him after you started student teaching here uh, for the church. I I said, so what's it like having your dad being a seminary teacher? And she said, it's the same is the same. <laughs> okay. Which is, I think, such a <laughs> Good. testament to who you are, right? <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> you didn't change to become that guy. So, uh, one, what a wonderful family you have, and just excited to have you here today. Um, before we jump in, would you share a little bit? I know there's a there's a lot of people out there who um, maybe have thought about maybe jumping in and trying to be a seminary or institute yeah. teacher, and and you're right in the middle of that experience. Would I you? Am. Talk a little bit about your experience and, and how you felt and how Absolutely. you got in and all that stuff.
1: And I know you had brother Kyle Lyons on a few times already right, as yeah. well. He's he's our instructor and just an awesome guy. Yeah. And I'm not saying that just to, to give to my Kyle, Kyle's <laughs> Kyle listening. You're listening. No, just teasing. <laughs> um, I love brother Kyle Lyons and he's uh, he's the start of all of this. After talking to you, Matt, on on my desire to become a seminary teacher, you pointed me to him. Sure. And I took the class. Yeah. And I know brother Kyle Lyons has classes every now and then to help us learn how to be better teachers yeah. and from that class there will be a few students who will express their desire to want to keep moving forward sure. and I was one of those students and was accepted I, I taught for a week at a different school mm. uh, at Rocky and they still liked what I what they saw so they are now allowing me to teach cool. for a semester I've been teaching at Hawaii, yeah. and then subbing everywhere that I can um, for this last semester it's been a wonderful experience i dare tell you it's it's an up and down too because i i've dropped everything that i had before sure. i i let go of my previous employment and i'm giving this everything i can because yeah. i i really feel like the lord's driving me here and and if i don't get chosen to become a full-time ceremony teacher i'm okay with that now sure because i know that god's provided me with so many blessings but if he does choose me if god chooses me i know it's him yeah to to do this, I'm just going to be even thrilled in that regards too.
0: Well, you're so good, and, and I've watched it for years and years with the youth and in our ward, and and uh, your previous work experience kind of set you up pretty well for this. I it, think so. You know, you uh, and to maybe talk a little bit about
1: that, you were uh, heavily involved in a scouting organization. I was probably, um, yeah. in 2013. I got hired on as a district executive for our local Orida Council. Sure. And um, was was a professional scout for five years. (laughs) I know that's kind of a weird thing to say. Oh, but Um, you
0: know all the chants and all the campfire (laughs) songs. It's true, it's true. Professional
1: scout is a good way of saying that. And you know, uh, as a professional scout, uh, you do have the opportunity to go run summer camps and I was heavily involved in the Cub Day camp for each year, but uh, we also did a lot of um, ministering, if you will, to the scout troops and helping each troop find uh, boys to enroll in their program and finding adult help and gathering, uh, gathering. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I feel fantastic. like in that regards, it's very much related yeah. to that. There, w- that was uh, that wasn't my most immediate right um, employment, employment, but yeah. definitely one that I cherish. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and and you're so good with the young people. We're just uh, blessed to have you around. And whether you get hired or not, I'm sure you'll continue with the with helping the youth. And
1: so. and it's true. I'll never say good. I feel like. Being with the youth has been my calling in life, and yeah. I love it.
0: Well, it, it, uh, it shows in uh, everything you do. So uh, I'm excited. Let's jump in. We're going to be okay. this, this week. In fact, we're recording on Sunday of the week that we're supposed to have this out. And uh, I should say, for those of you that are listening, I apologize. Last week's episode got recorded and I, I thought for a while it was up, and then I realized it wasn't, and it's going to go up at about the same time this one goes up. Hey, so That's a twofer, right? I now. know, right? If you missed last week, go in and, and listen to it uh, today. It, it, it's still applicable, um, but uh, just, I, I, I'm so sorry that it wasn't there. Uh, brother Rob Debo was with us again last oh, week, and, Rob. and Rob's fantastic. So go back and listen to that episode. He, he did a fantastic job of some really deep conversation, I think, that... That's helpful. But I know you're gonna to touch on
1: a couple of things that I maybe know. maybe applied to last week. So And if um, I could, I just wanna interrupt real quick. Yeah. Brother Diebel and I ran into each other a few months ago. Yeah, And at the Institute, Nampa Institute, and he knew my last name. And he says, Are you related to a Carl? And that's my brother. Oh. And he said some incredible things, mm-hmm. remembering that Carl was in his seminary class oh, really? as a youth. Huh. And my brother just loves Brother Deeple yeah, so much, yeah. and I just have the utmost respect for him. I, yeah. I'm excited to hear that's that cool. podcast cool. too. Yeah, I'll put it up today. It'll, it'll all be up to get together. So, okay.
0: uh, This week, we are in Luke chapter 12 through 17. Oh, man. And uh, John
1: chapter 11. Yes. And that's a pretty good sized block, I There you. is so <laughs> much here, and there's no way we're going to cover even a hundredth of it. Right. I, what I would say, right? For sure. But I, I, I feel like there's there's so much there's the main parables that we remember the lost sheep the lost coin the the prodigal son sure there's the 10 lepers there's the raising of lazarus from the dead but there's so much before that that i feel like we oftentimes would skip and i don't want to skip over yeah we kind of
0: blow through 12 13 and 14 maybe right and get get to the to the ones that uh, are maybe a little more
1: well known so take us in where do we want to start well you know i kind of want to start luke chapter 12 and remembering that there's probably about 10 to 12 parables before we really hit the parable of the lost sheep in chapter 15. Sure. And so if we start in chapter 12, I really spent a lot of time here and I'm grateful that you chose me today, Matt, <laughs> to be this guy today because it's so relatable to where I'm at in my life right now. Cool. Good. I, I feel like there's a theme in chapter 12. Okay. And the theme to me is that Jesus and, and Father, they don't want us to forget that our life is beyond death yeah they want us to remember that our life is not just birth to death it is so much more right and in in chapter 12 for example there's a few verses in fact I actually I want to start out in verse 4 and 5 okay um, cool. and this might be a weird place to start but first of all I love that he calls his disciples his friends yeah. that's really neat to me um, we can be his friend too yeah. um, and he says don't be afraid Um, Don't be afraid of them that kill the body. Now, this might be a weird thing to tell somebody, right? Don't be afraid of anybody that's gonna hurt you (laughs) to the point where you die, but um, Don't be afraid because that's all they can do And so he then says you should be afraid of somebody who has the complete power To actually do more than that, but to throw you into hell now Uh That's a weird way of saying you need to really fear God or love God. because he has all power Um, and when you die, it's going to be so much more than just the zero to a hundred years that you're going to spend on this earth. Yeah. And so just remember that you shouldn't fear anybody else. And I like that sense. And he proceeds throughout the entire chapter on how living in your life today should not be focusing on earthly treasures, should not be focusing on your own personal, um, Growth. Growth, but, yeah. but more of the growth of your spirit yeah. and and being close to God. And remembering that this is a testing ground.
0: Yeah, and, and he gets there, right? Verse 5, he says, um, Fear him which after he hath killed hath power to cast into hell. So who is it that kills? <laughs> it's God. <laughs> after <laughs> after he kills you. Which is weird to think right. about, right? But <laughs> He hath power to cast him into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, paints the picture, really, that it, we ought to be thinking eternally, right? That our scope ought to be much beyond what we're doing here, right? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and even if... I think about it in, in context of uh, challenges, uh, whether they're uh, temptations that we, that we struggle with or they're physical maladies or whatever they are. Um, you know, we, we get so sometimes myopic, single-mindedly.
1: That's President Nelson's word. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Thinking about... Uh, that trial, that challenge, that it needs to go away, and yes, it does, but eventually. Be therefore perfect, eventually, right? Right, right. And mm-hmm. and and the process of getting rid of that thing is really the goal of the plan, right? The process of learning to master your spirit, master your your physical body, that's the goal of the plan. And so, if we get so focused on the challenge or the struggle that I'm facing right now, I focus on that thing, not the growth that I should be having yeah. eternally, right? And, right. And I think our our fear becomes more of God um, punishing us as opposed to us not being able
1: to be with God, right? And I think that these fears that we have, these challenges, these trials, they can be hard. I mean, we're going thinking about what we just studied last week. Yeah. You know, this woman taken to adultery and being presented to Jesus Christ that's a huge yeah, trial for sure like talk about embarrassment for sure. right yeah. and then the blind man being blind his whole life we don't know how old he was yeah. uh, he could he he was at least old enough to be on his own so maybe 20 years but right. could be 60 years for old sure. for 60 years he's blind yeah. roaming the streets that's a huge trial yeah one's a one's a sinful
0: behavior one's a physical malady right both right. are trials that the lord can can solve and will solve eventually, right? Yeah,
1: and, and I I know that these, and, and I, I'm sensitive to there's many different hard trials that you probably are going through right now in your life, yeah. and, and nobody's going to understand but the Savior. Right. Eventually, that trial is going to help you become a better person, and yeah. that's hard to hear right now. Yeah, it's
0: helping us become, isn't it? That's so important in the process of the plan. So, yeah, I love that. I love you're tying us into... Um, recognizing the eternal, right? Which would, is kind of the tie you're
1: seeing throughout. It, this. it is. I really feel like that's the eternal. And there's a parable in this chapter that I really want to dive okay. into. Um, it, as I was listening to other podcasts trying to prepare for this, there was something that someone mentioned and I don't remember which one it was, but they said that there's three different types of pride. Mm-hmm. There's the pride of wealth, the pride of knowledge, and the pride of righteousness mm-hmm. and self-righteousness. Mm-hmm. And... To me, I feel like I I'm, I'm kind of haven't been in a good financial spot for most of my life. Sure. And so I, I, I don't suffer with the pride <laughs> wealth, of wealth. Pride. But <laughs> sometimes I, I feel like I suffer with the pride of self-righteousness because I might see others. Sure. and I might, my, I might be tempted to covet sure. that life. Sure. Um, and so I myself need to repent. But uh, in verse 15, it tells us, um, beware of covetousness. Mm-hmm. For a man's life consisteth not of a, the abundance of things which he possesseth, mm. uh, and and proceeds. Jesus Christ proceeds to tell a parable of the foolish rich man, right? Mm-hmm. Or what's it called? The the rich fool, yeah. I think, is what they call it. Yeah. And just to sum up this parable, he has built up a lot of financial uh, sure. prosperity. His right. his fields are being successful. Right. And he's thinking, where should I put all of my yeah. grain and my fruit. What shall I do? I have no room where to bestow my fruit. <laughs> I mean, that's a good problem to have, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and he says, I'm going to tear down my old barn. I'm going to remodel and build a better barn mm-hmm. so I can hold it all in. Um, and then God says to him, or in fact, before this, he says to himself, yeah. I've got it good now. I'm good. I, I can rest Many years. Ease. I can sit yeah. back and, and uh, take ease in my soul. But God then says to him, Thou fool, you're going to die tonight. (laughs) So what was the point? And and I feel to myself, um, it's awesome to have riches, but why do you acquire riches? And Mm -hmm. I go back to this scripture in Jacob, chapter 2, 18 and 19, and it says, It's good to seek for riches if you first obtain a hope in Christ. And if you seek these riches to help the needy and to clothe the naked and feed the hungry. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah well said. I, I had an opportunity to teach seminary at, uh, at a fairly wealthy area of our community. Yeah. And um, it, it helped me change my perspective on wealth. I um, had a lot of young students, seminary age students, that would come in and and when we talked about life goals, they would talk about having big houses, yeah. and they wanted a boat, and, yeah. and all these things. That, and that's natural. Yeah, but we, we, the, some somehow, in the culture of the church, we have defined those things as sinful desires. Well, God's willing to give us mansions, Yeah, right? right? So, like, okay, at what point does it become okay to want, and to need, and to want to fill... Uh, our life with with plenty and with good, and that isn't that. That's definitely something God wants for us, right? He wants to provide for us. He, he does. He functions in the role of provider. Look at the earth; he created everything we have. Wow! Right, and so so to, to keep that in balance, that. Um, that our, our wealth is not something that he wants us to have so that we can just sit back and do nothing else, right? But there's a
1: purpose for it. Yeah,
0: that we can that we can use it for good and for growing and, and developing and, and building the
1: kingdom, really. And you know what? Um, there's several parables in this block that are going to talk about how there's a king or a father who has much abundance. Sure. You know, this king has a steward, and he has to be cautious over all... Of, yeah. he, has, he has to actually take care of this king's wealth yeah and we sometimes have to be good stewards over what we've been given right and but it's interesting when you've been given very little
0: right i I think about the young people out there that that have you know they're going through school or they're or they're not in school and they're just working their first job real jobs and and just trying to make it month to month and um I've been there, Matt. Yeah, oh, yeah. It wasn't very long ago that I was still there, right? And, and, and I just think that, uh, you know, with what we've been given, whatever it is, uh, being a steward of that thing, right? That, that we manage it, that we are careful with it, that it's planned, um, that we—I I think I have a saying in my, in my family. We, we, uh, we all—I have, I have five brothers and sisters, and— oh. And we are all uh, in careers, and and you know, married Big with kids, family. and uh-huh. and yet we all kind of live the same. Um, I, I am by no means the the biggest breadwinner sure. in, in amongst my siblings, but we all live the same. We we have homes. We uh, we all have cars. We all buy food for our children. We some of us may go out and eat more frequently, or travel the country and the world more frequently. But overall, we have what we want, and we do with our money the things that are important to us. And uh, and, and I think that's an important thing to remember as a younger person, yeah. that I will spend my money on the things that matter the most to me, and I will have those things in my life um, as much as I can, at least. Um, and and to not get so wrapped up in, in comparing yourself to the people around you cuz even with a modest income you can have all the things
1: you need and you really can and y- you can y- you can receive the promise that god in in chapter 12 it, he kind of talks about what he said on the Sermon of the mount in Matthew that yeah. god closed clothed the the, the the lilies you know or uh, what did he say verse yeah. 28 if God so clothed the grass which is today in the field and tomorrow's cast in the oven you know how much more will he clothe you or uh, Solomon in all his glory wasn't arrayed like the lilies who are mm-hmm. incredible so mm-hmm. God wants you to he's gonna take care of you yeah Th- this reminds me of a scripture in Matthew that says uh, first seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness And all these things will be added unto you. I feel like you can have all these things. It's okay. It's what he wants. It's the goal, right? But seek first the kingdom of God. And and if I could share a little story about what is a little bit more detail about what's got me to this point in my life with wanting to be a seminary teacher about this. This scripture means so much to me to seek first the kingdom of God. Um, After I had said goodbye uh, to professional scouting. Um, and I did so because I had my fourth child. We needed to have a little more extra income in our life and working for a nonprofit sometimes doesn't provide that. <laughs> but um, I sought to uh, find more riches if you will and I became an insurance agent and then I became a financial planner uh, trying to help people with their temporal needs which is not a bad thing. Sure. It's very, uh, very, it's needed. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, in the process of this, um, there was a few trials that came into my life which really brought me despair. I, um, in 2019 and 2020, uh, my wife and I expected uh, two children. In 2019, uh, she bore stillborn. Mm-hmm. That was really hard. Mm-hmm. We tried again in 2020, same thing. Mm-hmm. And I could not find joy, Matt. That was so hard for me. That trial was very, Tough, and and I, I I needed to find an outlet of joy. In my current profession, as good as it was to help others, it wasn't providing me what I what I was needing in my heart. Uh, yeah, and I had remembered what you had told me years years ago that of course you might make a good seminary teacher and so I said maybe that's a, that's an outlet where I could find a little more joy yeah and so actually jumping into becoming a seminary teacher is a little selfish yeah. um, yes I'm good with youth and I like to be around youth but I'm really just looking for joy <laughs> find a little bit of joy I, I want some joy and I remember this promise to seek first the kingdom of God and as I did so and am now here, I have felt so much joy seeking for the kingdom of God. And honestly, I'm not rich yet. I haven't received well, that second blessing. Yeah. And your trials haven't gone away. No, they haven't. Right. But I've still found joy, yeah. even though the trials are there.
0: You know, it's it's kind of what I ended our last episode with Brother D. in, And again, sorry if you missed that one. <laughs> I'm going to go back and, and listen it. to it. Right. Yeah. But But the very, very last message is we don't, joy is a mirage if I'm always looking for, if it's always in front of me and it's something I'm working towards, I will never get there. But if I, if I'm willing to look at the experiences around me and find joy in the journey, that's a statement we've heard before, right? Um, If I'm willing to find the joy that I can find, then all of my circumstances, all of my situations. It's President Nelson's joy is not in the circumstances of your life, but the focus of your life. Right? Uh, I, I think that that uh, so many, especially young people, they're focused on school and focused on career and yeah. all those things. They miss the joy of being twenty-something yeah. uh, because they're so busy in trying to find their themselves in in the other things. I think about people that I know who makes sense. come to church and and are so wrapped up in. In writing notes and keeping track of what they learned, and you know that they're missing the the spirit of the meeting, and they they're they're just lost. They're lost and not finding joy. That when the when the message isn't what they needed that day, they're mm. they're disappointed. They walk out saying, "I'm I'm I'm definitely guilty of this." Sometimes, especially as a teacher, it's horrible. <laughs> I walk in, it's so unfair. <laughs> right, right? right, right. Walk into a uh, Sunday school class with a poor brother or sister who's doing everything they can to prep one lesson a week. And I taught 30 times this week, and you know, <laughs> and, and I taught the same chapter they're teaching. How unfair that I'm sitting in front of them, and, and then that I would judge their, their skill set or whatever, right? And so sometimes I come into those settings, and I sit down, and I, I think, oh, there's nothing here for me, and I and I horribly um, judge and miss the joy had I sat there and learned Ah, oh, I, can, I can learn from the Spirit right now. Yeah. Listen to this lesson. Can, I can catch something that wasn't taught, right? Oh, uh, taught versus caught. I think that concept is a really cool mm. uh, concept to, to study. And, and, and maybe I'll just jump us back in because I love where you went in verse 28 of chapter 12. The one before, which is maybe a, a well-known one as well, consider the lilies how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If we think about what he's saying, he's saying these plants grow, they become, they are personally and individually becoming more because they're using the nutrients and the sunlight and the water that is around them. They're gathering all that in. It's becoming part of them. Solomon put things on him. There was nothing from inside. There was nothing growing in him. It was just put the things around him, put the things on him, mm. and it was to make himself look beautiful. And the Lord says, Solomon in all his glory uh, was not arrayed like one of these who became by itself a beautiful little
1: flower. Right? And how cool is that? that. And it did it by itself, and it became... Well, and and I want to add to that, too, because even thinking about sacrament today, and and I I will confess that I was reading in our scripture block (laughs) to try and prepare for this lesson, (laughs) but I caught some incredible nuggets. Um, Our Relief Society uh, presidency and Elder Corn presidency spoke today in sacrament, and, and our sister, she mentioned that the seed... When it's planted, it's buried in the dark right. dirt. <laughs> yes, and it's just—I it, 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 almost feel like that's a trial in and of itself. Yeah. You are surrounded by darkness, exactly. by cold, yep. by dirt, but yet you're still finding a way to absorb exactly. all of these nutrients and be arrayed eventually and, and become right. It's it's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. So I
0: think this—I think this message is: stop looking for things to put on right? Stop looking for things to put in your storehouse. Stop mm. looking for things to, to gather into your into your space and become who you're supposed to become in your profession, in your spiritual life, in your church life, within your family. Become all those things. I
1: love it. Stop trying to seeking put it on. The day-to-day. I, I like this because this is so much tied into the parables that, that everybody knows. Yeah. We all know about the parable of the the prodigal son, sure. the parable of the lost coin, the parable yes. of the, the good sheep, all found in chapter 15. Right. I think it'd be worth diving into those right now. Yeah, cool. So thinking about the, uh, the joy that can be found, I, I want to highlight that in both the parable of, in all three of these parables, they found joy at the end and they wanted others to find joy with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the parable of the lost sheep, he says, Rejoice with me, I have found my sheep which was lost. Yeah. In the lost coin. They say, Rejoice with me, for I have found the piece of the, the piece or the silver which I had lost. Yeah. And then finally the father in in verse in, in near the end says This is twelve. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he says, Let's rejoice you've come in and let's make merry and kill the fatted calf. Mm-hmm. Rejoice with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just love how the joy can be found, uh, and these things which are lost in our lives don't need to drag us down. We will find them. Yeah. But that's just one aspect of the parable. These parables, I feel like, uh, have so many different meanings. Yeah,
0: there's there's so much in here, um, and 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 we could we could take a parable and run for 45 minutes on every single one of them and only have gone down one vein of that parable, right? Uh, one of the things that I'd I'd love to tie in here, um, in the parable of the prodigal, um, uh, elder Nielsen, uh, Brent H. Nielsen of the 70, um, in 2015, April of 2015, um, gives, give a talk at general conference called waiting for the prodigal. And he, he approached it in a different space, Hmm. Um, He came at it by not talking about the prodigal son and the crazy that he'd gone out and lived or the the son stayed back home and how his feelings were. He didn't even really approach um, the joy that the father felt when he came back. What he talked about was how that father let his son go. And and isn't this true about God and us too, right? He he lets him go into crazy town. He watches him from afar. He lets him live it up. He doesn't go and try to drag him out of Crazy Town and bring him back home and array him in all his glory again, right? He That's lets so him hard. oh it is. He, he let him have his agency, he let him go spend all of his money and sleep with the pigs. And I mean, culturally back then, even religiously back then, being with swine was like not okay. Right. And uh, and this dad stayed out, stayed out of it, but he was watching, and as soon as he saw his son coming, he ran to him. Right, it, it teaches me so much about how to help those that are. I'm doing air quotes crazy in crazy town, right? That, <laughs> that I just see in my life that some people make use their agency and they go awry. They just go astray, and and who am I to say no? You need to you need to stop doing that and come back over to this side. Because that experience they're having is, like you and I said in our trials, yeah. helping me become, right? Mm. And it isn't until they really get to it on their own that it says in that, in that parable that the, the son came to himself. All of a sudden, he woke up and said, oh, this is not where I want to be. I have a dad and a brother who love me. And, wow. Right, and he came to himself. And then is when the dad goes and they get dad helps. When, when we've come to ourselves. Then the Father comes
1: back into our life and, and helps us. I just I, I love that the Father's always looking and, and for him. And, and I think if if you take this even a step back and say, our Heavenly Father, He's always watching right. us, He sees what we're doing. Yeah. He's and He and His Son Jesus Christ are ready to just yeah. welcome us as soon as they as soon as we have come to ourselves. Yeah. I wish that I could see like they see. Right. I have I, sometimes as I teach my students, I see them and they're on their phones playing a game. Right. I'm like, oh, oh guys, it, right? guys, I think you could, this is just a distraction for you. But uh, I've learned that I need to let them do what they need yeah. to do and go down their own path. Yeah,
0: because in, it's only through going through their chosen path mm-hmm. that they're going to learn what God wants them to learn. I remember having a student years ago, and I don't know how this applies to all of you out there in in, in not seminary world, but probably it does somewhere, maybe for a child or maybe for a loved one that you have. I remember seeing this student sit in the back of my class. She scared me, like she'd walk in and glare at me. And I was like, "And I, I'm 35 years old, just afraid of this 15 year old, right?" And and never got her scriptures out. Put an airhead head, head, head earbud in her head and sat there with her with her phone out and just glared anytime I got any close to her at all in any way, you know. Don't you dare! Yeah, and and I just I remember asking a, a mentor of mine. I have some some mentors, people that I just really respect in certain things that they've done in their life, and and I've asked them formally to be a mentor. I remember asking my mentor, how do I love this girl who does not want me to love her, who kind of most of the time I don't even like, how do I love her the way the Savior would love her? And he says, you need to have her become what she's supposed to become, not what you want her to become. And I thought, what does that even mean? And, and so the next day I went back to class and I'm, I'm wanting her to look like Sally sitting this out. It's not really a person, but the sure, girl sitting next yeah. to her. When I ask a question, she's in her scripture and then she raises her hand and she's all she's, over it. Right? She's in it. That's what I wanted. I wanted, I wanted her to look like the, the good son, uh-huh. right? In the prodigal story son. I wanted well, her... Who he works in the field all day. I, and, know, man, he's a good guy. I want yeah, that, right? He's a good guy. And the reality is, is God wants the same thing, right? That's ultimately what he wants. But the process to get her from back corner of my classroom on her phone with an earphone in to, like Sally sitting next to her, totally engaged in class, is not Brother Swenson coming up saying, please engage in class. Right.
1: I mean, there's so many steps that that girl needs to go and, through. And I've learned that we're not the only ones that are no. affecting their lives. No, not there's at all. There's so we, many was, avenues that God wants holy us to Holy cow, we are not their best
0: choice, right? right? right. And and so so, so, it was interesting. So I, I remember thinking, okay, what what does God want her to be? What is not my will but thine for this young sister? And Maybe I've shared this before, I can't remember, but... But uh, uh, well, eventually, I just thought, maybe I just need to get her scriptures for her and put them on her desk. And I did, and the first day, man, I put them down and I like ran to the front of the room, <laughs> didn't say anything, <laughs> I just dropped them and walked, right? And she didn't open her scriptures, there was, nothing, there was no change, and I, so I, I just decided I'm gonna keep doing that, and I did it two or three days, three or four days, oh, wow. seven or eight days, ninth day, scriptures are on her desk all by herself. I she did it yeah. without you doing it. and I didn't go. say anything, I just was like, nope, not going there. Uh, I don't know how long it was, a month and a half, maybe two months. Eventually, her scriptures were open one day. Oh, my. She opened them. And she checked in for about three minutes is all. But then she checked back out and back into... but, But I realized in that process that sometimes becoming, for me, looks very different than becoming for someone else. And God's purposes and plan for that girl was the same as it is for me, ultimately, long term, right? Mm -hmm. But the process, because of what I was born into, my experiences in life, whatever, are going to be different. And so finding them where they are, loving them in that capacity and saying to God, what do you need me to do to help her at my limited capacity? And then I don't have to get mad at her. I just can love her where she is and say, it's all right where you are here. Here's a... Here's a, your scriptures. You keep playing Fortnite. And I'll and, I'll come back tomorrow <laughs> with scriptures again. And, maybe and eventually
1: they'll come to themselves. Right? Yeah. Right. They come to themselves. Yeah. yeah. You know, and the Father, he was always willing and ready and wanting and showing so much love. And when they came, they rejoiced, right? Yeah. And you, I, I always look forward to those moments when I've seen students want, want they, to be a part their, of that. They, and I've seen that. It's yeah. so awesome where yeah. they want to be involved yeah. and... Well, and maybe there's a lesson in there
0: for us, too, right? It, in many things, I think I'm like that student. I, I just am not ready. And somebody's around me telling me to get ready and to do it differently, and mm-hmm. I'm just not there. I'm not ready. And, uh, and maybe there's a lesson. When, when there's a common theme being told to me in my life from multiple people that I love and respect, maybe I need to put my figurative phone down and listen, Oh. and say, how do I change that thing that's common that I'm hearing multiple times and uh, and not be so stubborn uh, to, to ha- have it be my idea? Listen to the people around me that, that God's prompting that it's their idea, and that's okay, and grow faster, I think, maybe.
1: Well, I think that God works miracles through other people in our lives, right? Yeah. right. And so always having that uh, open and available yeah. to do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is this great conversation. I, I love how, how all these are tying together, too. I really do. Go, in right? fact,
1: speaking of God working miracles with other people in our lives, um, I, I think it would be really nice to touch on Jesus Christ and his love for Mary, Martha, and oh, Lazarus. Yeah, sure. Let's go. Um, and, you know, in John 11, yeah. we hear this incredible story of, of this family that Jesus Christ, jumped, somehow, we don't know how he's gained this connection. Yeah. Other than we know that he's gone and visited Mary and Martha mm-hmm. in their house before. And, yep. and they've served him and he's taught them. But uh, he he has this just really deep connection with Lazarus. And Mary sends a message to Jesus saying, Your best friend, Lazarus, he's going to die. Yeah. He's sick. And Jesus Christ, it, it says that it, he he just loved them so much. In fact, what verse is that, that he says he just loves them so much? Uh, five, no. now Jesus loved Martha, he loved her sister and Lazarus.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and I just, working with other people, Jesus Christ wants to bless their lives, but he, he also knows that this sickness is for the glory of God. Yeah, and, and, and he knows that, you know he knows that, because verse six,
0: when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he stayed two days. What? <laughs> I mean, shouldn't you want to run? To run, them? right? He, but he knows, he knows what he's about to do, and and even if he didn't know, I'm going to raise him from the dead. Mm-hmm. He just understood the plan, knew it, and, and knew that okay, I, I, I love this guy, but okay, it reminds me of a just a short story. And then okay, oh, I want to hear. It. I love your stories. So uh, years ago, we were in a ward. Um, and it's kind of a long story, so I'll, I'll keep it short, but I had a best friend growing up, really good friend uh, growing up, um, just the life of the party, everywhere he went. <laughs> okay, that's
1: a uh, to be around.
0: He he, uh, he was fantastic. He, uh, he We'd had him over, uh, we were newlyweds, three or four years maybe, and um, we'd had he and his wife over. They just had a baby daughter, and, and uh, I was working at a, a, a Flying J graveyard shift, trying oh, to get myself through school. Okay. And, And a long story short, um, he and his wife and daughter are coming back from a a high school production of some musical or play, and uh, they get hit by a drunk driver on the freeway and uh, killed him instantly and killed his baby. And and his daughter, or sorry, his wife um, was in a coma. And that happened on a, I want to say a Thursday, uh, late in the week, and uh, Elder Eyring was coming to town. It was before he was in the first presidency, but he was coming to town to speak to our stake. Um, in Nampa and, and I, I, know the state president currently still pretty well that was my state president uh-huh. out there. And, uh, he since told me the story of how that, ha- what happened when president Iron got to town and, and this good state president, the very first thing he said was, we just had this horrible accident on our stake. This young couple lost their child. The husband was killed. The mom's in a coma. Wow. Would you be willing to go to the hospital and, and, uh, and give her a blessing and help that talk with the family? And Elder Eyring's comment was, let's see how the weekend progresses. Okay. And it was like, "Like, oh, a- okay. <laughs> like, oh, we're not going to just jump on that really important thing going on right now. Uh-huh. Eventually they, they did. They went to the, the hospital. But but it taught me that that in those moments where the Spirit should be leading you, you need to listen to the Spirit and not just move on emotion. That that is an important thing that needed to happen, right? But it... but. President Iron needed to be so in tune with the Spirit, he wanted to make sure that was what the Spirit wanted him to do before he went off and did that thing.
1: Wow. Right? And I think that maybe that's what the Savior is doing He's here. He's taking some time to really yeah. feel what God wants.
0: And or maybe prepare himself to go to have that experience, right? Wow. To, to take some time personally to go to the Lord and say, I'm gonna go visit with this this young family. How what should I say? How should, right and prepare himself. And I don't know what the savior's what he did for two days. Right. But he stayed I mean, in the same place. That so he there was. must have been something important there for him as well. Yeah. And so he was doing an important work already, yep. and I don't know what Elder Iring did prior to going to the hospital. It wasn't the first thing they did for sure, right? Um, and so there were other things that maybe were more important that needed to happen uh, in that. Uh, since just to wrap that story up, since uh, that day, this good sister uh, came out of her coma. Um, just beautiful story. She was blessed by Elder Iring in that in that meeting or in that setting to. That she would not remember the accident. That she would. That her faith would be wow. strong. That she would know what happened and not need to be told what happened, um, but not remember the the detail of the accident. And uh, and beautiful she does to this day. Too. She just has beautiful memories of the night. And then woke up and nobody needed to tell her what happened. She knew. And uh, she's since a great speaker, keynote speaker for. Uh, advocates against drunk driving and just, just some really wonderful things she's done in her life.
1: Horrible experience, right? And I'm sure he's she's been a blessing to others. Yeah, for sure. But this trial is not yeah. one that you'd probably wish. No, upon any and, and just some beautiful forgiveness.
0: There's so, so many things going, that went on in that story to to forgive the drunk driver who oh. um, you know was in prison and just really wonderful things. But at, at any rate, I think the, the message there was... That an apostle did maybe what the Savior did here and well, sat back
1: a little bit and said, "Okay, let's just let things play let out, things
0: settle a little bit."
1: Well, and it kind of it, in letting things play out, he made Mary and Martha pretty uncomfortable. Yeah, like uh, they they come to him and say, "If you were here, she, he he could have been healed." Yeah, well, and Martha kind of mentions that even now. I believe that he could be raised, and Jesus says, "I, I am going to raise him." Yeah, she didn't quite understand that he meant right now
0: right (laughs) right yeah
1: so it's so awesome that Jesus Christ has the ability right now to really heal and bring us back from the dead yeah right Um, but uh, even throughout all of this he still was sad and everybody's favorite verse in childhood it's yeah. verse 35. Sure. <laughs> Jesus wept I mean right. every, whenever I missed the day of scripture reading I'll that's always remember oh that's the one I need to say <laughs> <laughs> so I keep my scripture reading daily.
0: But isn't there so much power in that verse right it just verse 35 of chapter 11 Jesus wept there. he just speaks he, he knows what he's about to do and yet it, because he was willing to mourn with those that mourn. and
1: He's fulfilling his baptismal
0: covenant. Yeah, right. He, he just felt the feels, right, as it might be said in our day. He just allowed himself to feel what Mary and Martha were feeling, the sadness of a loss. He, and he, he raises Lazarus from the dead, but, he's, but he doesn't resurrect Lazarus, no, right? He, there's no perfected being. body. Yep. And so he, he's feeling death. He knows I'm going to raise him, but he's going to die again. Yep. Um, and that feeling, all those feelings of, uh, he just lo- he just allowed himself to feel, to come to where everybody else around him was, even though he had such a different understanding of it,
1: right? Wow. Well, I, I just feel like uh, Jesus Christ showcases a, a beautiful, beautiful way of what we should do when we see others who are suffering. Yeah. Um, we should make sure that we are with them and love them and find ways to help each other out because really we're in this together yeah and, and and hard things right that
0: that happened to us i i think back a few years in my own life and we had some pretty traumatic experiences with being, and i and i know yeah right da- daughters being hit by drunk drivers and and uh, and and knowing curtis condy and my ward coming <laughs> to my house and being part of my experience there and and, and you and I just t- recently had a, a young member of our ward pass away. Yeah, it's so hard. Yeah, just a 17-year-old boy. and and 18. Uh, 18. 18. He 18, just yeah, turned, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah,
1: he just turned.
0: Yeah. 18-year-old boy and, and grown up in our ward largely for many years. And and what a blessing it was to to be in his home that day and was uh, sitting there, just talking with his parents who were just uh, distraught. Mm-hmm. And knock on the door and here comes Brother Condi coming in to... <laughs> To offer uh, that that
1: consolation to it. Well, thank you. And and I I just remember the father. He was so um, he was great. He, he it was so neat that he welcomed us into his home. I yeah. don't know that. Oh, I, I'd be in that the happened, bedroom it, under a sheet. I, 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 all right. Yeah. But uh, I get, have so much respect for this family and this yeah. and and how they they welcomed us in and let us mourn with them because yeah. it was a sad day for us too. Yeah. More for them for sure. Yeah. But uh, well, and
0: we and we wanted to go and be helpful. But what do you do in those moments, right? And I
1: really, you really don't know what to say.
0: Yeah. Um, and so Jesus weeping is really maybe the most he could do with them. It is right to, to, to be with them and weep. I remember in our extremity years ago, um, people would send me little notes and texts and emails saying we're praying for you and your family. And and I remember thinking that's the most someone can do. It's not the least they can do. Mm-hmm. It's the most. To ask a Godhood me- member to be part part of my experience—that's like the most you can do. Sure, you can come on my grass, and that was awesome. <laughs> but but to, to come and 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 have prayed and to have invited that help, heavenly help, man. That's and I think that's maybe what the Savior's doing here. He's he's asking Heavenly Father to be a part of their experience. He's weeping with them. He's he's understanding their experience here.
1: I just I just Powerful. love that. And, and I want to just add to that some of the, this trial, your trial, the trial that we just talked about, these are all very public trials. Yeah. There are so many people who suffer with private trials. Yeah. And I, I want you, I feel like you should know Jesus Christ, he weeps with you now. Yeah. And he wants you to feel that he's there. Yeah. Even though that nobody else knows what you're doing, he does. Yeah, it's so good. So, somebody once said, and I don't remember
0: who it was, or maybe it's it's just been said by so many people that it's, you know, out there. Um, but the, the Savior maybe suffers the atonement a couple of times, once in the garden and then once as he goes through it with you again. Wow. Individually walking, watching you go through it. Can you imagine? He knows exactly what it felt like. Yeah. And now he's got to watch all of his brothers and sisters feel those feelings as well and go through those pains and those sorrows and afflictions. And, and, and yes, he's there and wants to help and take those things away as often as we'll let him. But especially when we don't let him, when we, we just let him help watch us, right? How That's horrible so would that be for him to know that, you know, even as, as a God, he, he struggled. And to watch wow. us, the the weaklings that we are, try to handle it on our own. Wow. Man, turn to him and hand those things over. Um, he is so much more capable of carrying that burden than we are.
1: And and, and he wants us to. He yeah. he he is so desires for us to be there with him. Yeah. Uh, and he'll he'll give us rest. Yeah. And and I look forward to that rest. Love it. I love it. Anything else in here you want to touch on? You know, uh, Matt. I feel like uh, there, there's so much else that we could touch on, but yeah. I, I I think listeners should. Uh, Dive into these scriptures and prepare as if they're going to go give a lesson on this. Yeah, I think that's a great Because there's so much in here.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. Um, I Brother Connie, I, I appreciate you coming today. It, if there was a message that you wanted, maybe your students that you're teaching, oh. um, if or, or institute-age students, yes. or just people across the world that are listening to this episode, if there was a message you wanted them to just know and walk away with, and if you could... I don't know. Force a testimony on someone. <laughs> what, what would you, what would the thing you want them to know?
1: Well, I, I got to tell you, I uh, I knew you were going to ask this question. Yeah, I, I usually do. You right? <laughs> usually do. But uh, and and I love that by this point there might be some music that's coming sure, on right, the yeah. podcast <laughs> and it's going to be sounding wonderful. I'm going to start it right now. <laughs> I love it. I I I got to say, fear not yeah. and share your testimony with others because it brings so much joy. It has for me.
0: Yeah.
1: When you take the time to raise your hand, or go say hi to somebody, and bear your testimony, your experience, your love of God, you're gonna feel that love so much more. Yeah. Have the faith, not the fear. And that's yeah. what I would encourage our youth to do today.
0: Man, I love that. Faith, not fear. I love that, what a, what a powerful message. Um, and it leads us all straight to Christ, when we have faith, right?
1: And He's who can provide us that. Yeah,
0: and to overcome fear.
1: I, I'm excited that He's there for me.
0: Right. Brother Connie, thank you. It was wonderful to have you. We'll have you again. Uh, I, I hope so. Thank yeah. you,
1: Brother Matt. Yeah, we'll see you soon. See you there.